Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And in today's program, we are going to celebrate the gift of work, the value of work, and the dignity of work as we honor St. Joseph the Worker. Right. And as we begin, Archbishop, please start us off in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, through our Holy Father, Pope Francis, you have given the church this wonderful year of St. Joseph. And Lord, as we celebrate the many mysteries of his life, we honor especially his work, the fact that he was a carpenter, that he used his hands to create and to support the Holy Family. And so, Father, we ask you to be with us during this radio time so that our listeners may come to a deeper appreciation of the great worth and dignity of that work which you have entrusted to the human race. Place this in time in your hands, Father, now, asking you to lead us and guide us in all these things we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph, the worker. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, March is a big month for St. Joseph, but also the month of May. Now, typically, of course, the Blessed Mother, but it's interesting that the Feast of St. Joseph, the worker, comes on May 1st. I think it's beautiful to have St. Joseph kind of lead us into honoring Our Lady and all of the beautiful things we celebrate during May. But this idea of St. Joseph the Worker, that one title amidst all of the titles, Terror of Demons, you know, that we hear in this litany, that we sense there's an importance of work. There's a certain purpose behind work. Uh, And even in Genesis, you know, God worked for those six days and then he rested. You know, there's a purpose for each thing that we do. Uh, and I know I've always thought when we sing in the psalm, you know, uh, bless the work of our hands. Mm-hmm. I think about, wow, in just the little things that I do, is that important? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Prosper the work of our hands, Lord. Prosper the work of mm. our hands. Well, you know, the, the, the feast day, actually, of St. Joseph the Worker was, was part of the church's response to the dehumanization of work that was was uh, the world was experiencing, especially through the communist uh, uh, oppression, uh, you know, May Day in in the communist you know world was was the Workers' Day, you know, it was Workers' Day, but it was to celebrate work not as the dignity of work itself and the value of work. And, 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 and the sanctification of the worker through their work. But it was, it was, it was a recognition of work, uh, you know, for the state and part of the, the you know, your comrades and, and, and the whole idea that, that you know, workers uh, sacrifice themselves, if you will, to the system, to the regime. And you're just sort of a cog 
in in the wheel of 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 all of that. Whereas the church <clears throat> has a completely different mm-hmm. view of work. That there's, in other words, it's in in the communist view, work is a very utilitarian. Uh, thing it's looked at with a, a very utilitarian eyes. It, it serves just this function for the sake of the good, a common good, the sake of the state. And the church says, no, no, no. We are not just commodities. The human person is not a commodity. It, it's just not. He's not just a uh, uh, this worker that is meant to produce, but that there's dignity in that worker, and there's dignity in his or her work, that our work participates in the creative actions of God as the Lord seeks to bring about greater perfection, if you will, in the world, in his creation, he unites to himself, he joins to himself all of us who labor. And in our labor, in our work, and when I say work, we're not just talking about work that is uh, you know, compensated for mm-hmm. through a salary or an hourly wage. We're talking about all human labor, all human work, is our participation with the Creator God in bringing about a greater reflection of his goodness, his beauty, his truth in in the world today. So uh, the worker who even maybe has a very, what we might say, redundant, routine, repetitive function that doesn't seem very exciting on one level, that person's work is, is important. As simple as the task may be, as you might even say, as mundane mm-hmm. as the task may be, it, it's helping uh, create a, a, a better world uh, through the conveniences, through the, the making life uh, more comfortable, more amenable, allowing us to, to live our lives um, is, is all very important. So every Every job, every labor, no matter how simple it may be, participates in this grand scheme of God bringing about a greater goodness and beauty in the world and providing for for the, for the needs of his sons and daughters created in his image and likeness. Right, right. And when we when I hear that term, you know, St. Joseph the worker and reflect upon, you know, what was the work that St. Joseph did? It has to be one of the biggest things I'm caring for. Uh, the mother of God <laughs> and the son of God, you know, Jesus and Mary, he was entrusted to care for. So anything that he did was to protect, to defend, to provide, to support, uh, to look over and make sure. Uh, I, I can't imagine it was easy being in foreign lands, uh, needing to provide. But here was St. Joseph given a very interesting task. I think we can learn so much of how do we care for family? How do we care for others in the nature of work? Right. And I think you, you point out there, Dina Marie, the, the work of a, of a father or could be a mother, the, the job, if you will, the, 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 the work that brings income into the household, that isn't just for the sake of the work and the money itself, 
but it's it's for that idea of the support of family. That that's that's part of the greater job, if you will, the greater responsibility, the greater labor, as you say, mm-hmm. of of Saint Joseph or of any parent, is the 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 care uh, and of the offspring, the the education, the procreation, the education, the formation of their children. They're providing for for them as as Joseph did, and that's one of the things I love about this year of Saint Joseph is that, you know, in in highlighting the role of Saint Joseph is to realize his importance. It was to him that the father entrusted his son. Think about that. God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, entrusted his only begotten most beloved son to Joseph. That's his greatest responsibility. And the the virgin mother, of Jesus was also entrusted to Joseph's care, the Holy Family. That's Joseph's greatest labor, if you will. His work as a carpenter to support that family was very important. But see, it, but you see how it brings even greater dignity to that mm-hmm. work. I'm doing this work and this labor, and I have to believe that <clears throat> Saint Joseph probably, as the carpenter, made some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I would think that his work. You know, true craftsmen, I think, of that age, you know, were able to do things that, you know, people have lost those crafts. I'm, I'm amazed. I love carpentry, and I'm amazed, and I'm so ad- admiring of carpenters because it's such a skill. But it's beautiful. The things they create are beautiful. So he is bringing about a greater perfection to the world, bringing beauty into the world, creating things, making things that make people able to live their lives and to make their lives more, more comfortable. But it's it's geared toward uh, supporting my family mm-hmm. and 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 the real responsibility that is mine. So parents should never let their work, and this is the temptation yeah. always. And you know we know story after story after story where work <clears throat> becomes more important, the most important thing in family. And I have to say, <clears throat> I share this you know uh, uh, you know personally. You know my father was a very successful businessman. He was a banker. But I have to look back honestly over over uh, time growing up, and I think there were times in in my father's life where he allowed the work to become more important than than the family and the reason why he was working, you know. And, and we need to keep that in mind, mm-hmm. you know, that that the work cannot overshadow the things that really matter. And to, we always keep this in perspective that the work is there so that I can. Yes, make the world a better place and make a contribution to the world in, go- in cooperation with God, but also that this serves so that I can provide for my family yeah. uh, in, in a way that is fitting. And Archbishop, there seems to be, like you mentioned, your father's experience, and there's so many experiences, the pressure, and that our identity, particularly for men, but I think for both men and women, our identity is with what you do. I mean, Mm -hmm. isn't that one of the first questions we ask a new person we encounter? Oh, what do you do? And I know that since my husband's been retired, when I tell people he's retired, they kind of have this, like, what does he do all day? (laughs) I think, you know, it is in living our lives with joy, the vocation that we we have every day, there is work to be done. But we do have this kind of difficulty in that if you're not doing something very successful, you might not be worth as much. We're we're kind of caught in that mentality. So somebody who's retired, somebody who's in a transition from one job to the next, 
we may feel not our worth, but doesn't our identity come from God? Mm. Not our job, not our profession, not the MBA or the MD or the PhD behind our name. It's we're made in the image and likeness of God. That's our identity. Yeah. That's our essential identity. And that is the that is the nature of the cult, secular culture in which we live today, as, as you point out very, very well. We tend to measure people's worth mm-hmm. and value in what they contribute and what they produce. And our dignity and worth and value comes long before anything we ever do or say or accomplish. Because as you point out, our dignity comes from the fact that we are human beings created in the image and likeness of God with intelligence and with a free will. The ability to know God, the ability to know truth and beauty and goodness, and then the, the will, the freedom to be able to choose to do the good and to avoid the evil. This is our dignity. But you're right. The world measures a person's worth in terms of how good a job they have, Mm -hmm. how much money they make. I mean, let's let's be be honest, okay? Is it not true that many people, why don't you look at somebody like my dad, right? Uh, White, successful businessman, right? He was president of a bank. You know, wow, that's, that's... that's somebody really important, mm-hmm. isn't it, right? Mm-hmm. Versus, let's say, in that person of color who works at you know McDonald's, doing the best they can to support themselves and sometimes their families as, as little income is there. Now, think about how, how our society looks on those two people. Does society not judge and make a judgment about the, the worth in, in a certain sense of a person? And that this person's more important than this person. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That every one of us has a human dignity that does not come from outside of ourselves. The world does not confer dignity, value, worth on a human being. Society cannot give that cannot do that because the worth and the value that we have is intrinsic to who we are created by God. And, and we need to, so that, that's why I say in honoring work and the worker, why would we say that one person's work is, is more valuable or makes them a, a better person or uh, a, a more valuable person, somebody to be, to be looked upon with greater dignity versus another person. You know, I, th- I think that, yeah it's, it's, it, yeah, it's true that there are some people that accomplish incredible things in life that, that benefit all of us, you know, the, the, all of the medical advancements that, that, that come along to make life better and, and bring people greater health and longevity and a more better quality of life, especially I like to see that when that touches uh, under underdeveloped parts of the world where that's great need for that. So yeah, so you could say that person has really made a contribution and, 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 and we're grateful for that. But 
that doesn't make that person a better person in God's eyes than, you know, the person who flips burgers or, mm-hmm. or collects trash. Um, and Because I don't think we should demean those jobs. I mean, where would we be without people that do these things for us? You know, I think so often of the migrant workers and the folks that work uh, here in the agricultural economy of, of Oregon, and many uh, of whom are, are Hispanic and are other people of color, uh, where would we be without them? You know, where would we be as a state, as an economy, uh, but also just the, the quality of living, you know? I, I, and I know this is going to sound crazy, and I don't mean to be silly about this, and I don't mean to be insincere about this, but, you know, when I buy uh, fruit in the, in, the, in the store, especially... Uh, you know berries and that sort of thing. I always I always look to see where is it from. Mm-hmm. You know where is it from, and I I always yeah I'm a proud Oregonian so I always try to buy Oregon made right. things in all in all all areas. I try to buy everything or made in Oregon. But when I th- when I when I when I pick up a uh, a container of blueberries, let's say, and I see oh these are from such and such a place in Oregon. I think of those workers mm-hmm. who who labored, you know, maybe under the heat of the day to to pick these. Uh, of course, I know they have machines that do a lot of this now, but they they worked the fields in, in, to 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 bring this to me, and and it makes me very grateful for those people. And I wouldn't be able to enjoy that without the sacrifices and the labor, mm-hmm. the work, and the dignity and the value of the work. Uh, that 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 somebody does, and so I'm just I'm just always very grateful uh, for those who who do all, all all sorts of work, you know that that help me and help others and, right. and make our lives you know better so that we can eat. We can't eat without those that that do that do some of these jobs, and it makes them just as important as anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and just in that example, Archbishop, I think about the prayer that we pray before we eat a meal: "Bless us, O Lord, for these thine gifts." Somebody worked to prepare, to till the soil, to make whatever food that we are eating, um, that we would receive that food. The one that cooked, and I always think about if I'm going somewhere else, there's somebody out there in the kitchen working. There's somebody that prepared all of the different, somebody who who did some driving and delivery, all of the different stages. It takes all of us. You know, every single color on the tapestry, we're one of those threads. But if we need to look at the whole picture and see, look, each and every person at every, every stage of life is valuable, is necessary, is meaningful. You know, that's, that's a very good insight. And, you know, and that was, that was really the way uh, Pope St. John Paul II looked at, at work, you know, and the interconnectedness, mm-hmm. the sort of the, the fabric of society that, that, it, it, it is a weaving together of all of us, and and there's this web of connection between all of us. We are we're one, and I think we need to see that that as we labor, as we do the work that that is entrusted to us uh, in this world, that we're we're interconnected to others. We benefit from their labor; they benefit from our labor. And there's this wonderful sort of, of weaving together of, of the human uh, fabric of society uh, and culture, really. And I, I like to think of that, too, you know. And 
Um, I don't do it terribly often, but I do enjoy a meal out, you know, and especially on a special occasion and especially in a, in a, in a restaurant known for its really good food. And I often think of the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I love that when people pray. And yeah. I, they put me to shame sometimes <laughs> in their prayer because in praying, blessing the food, uh, usually it's, it's, it's another priest if it's in my company, they'll be, they'll be praying for and thanking God for the people who, who grew, who nurtured the food, who prepared it, who serve it, uh, bless them and bless their families. Mm-hmm. I just think that's such a beautiful way to recognize that interconnectedness that we have as as human beings, as members of the human family, aside from our, our faith and our relationship that we have in the church and the body of Christ and the communion that we enjoy as brothers and sisters in Jesus. But but beyond that, there's this solidarity of of the human family uh, that that we all depend on one another. And we think about one another and we care about one yeah. another. So I'm sitting there eating this wonderful, incredible, tasty meal. I can't sit there and enjoy that wonderful, beautiful, tasty meal had it not been for all of the labors mm-hmm. and the work of those who, who made this beautiful thing on in the plate in front of me possible. Yeah. But I think now that's a, that's an example, a very simple example, mm-hmm. a very visible kind of one that we can relate to, you know, so so we can think about that. But I think that general principle applies throughout all of society with all of the work that people do, that, that we're benefiting every moment from the labors of others. You know, think about it as you drive down this, the road in your car, right? You've got, you know, uh, all the people that, that, that provided all the elements and the, even the ingenuity, the engineering, the ideas, right. the materials that put that together, the people that, that actually that, that made the materials, the people that designed it, the people that actually put it together. And then you're driving down the road, right? And you've got, you're running on gas or, or so whatever form of energy you have, I run on gas. Well, then you've got all the people that, you know, right. got that 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 out of the ground and refined it so that and shipped it and got it to the station where I last uh, you know got gas. I mean, if you can think about this, yeah, you realize that the that the dignity of work mm-hmm. is 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 makes society better. It makes all of us live more full and rich lives and provides for the basic human needs uh, of all of us. So I think it's it's really it's. It's something we should probably think about a lot more because yeah. it really it recognizes the dignity of the work and that it's not just a utilitarian mm-hmm. drudgery that I have to do. I have to go punch my clock every day so I can collect a paycheck so that I can get by. I hope that people uh, really can see, even in work that maybe we don't find all that on a human level personally appealing or, uh, or, or fulfilling, especially hard labor. You know, the people that, that break their backs, you know, but that we see, okay, even I may not enjoy this task or this work that I'm having to do right now, and maybe I hope for something better or different. Right now, I am making a contribution. There's value in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Even if it's something I don't really like, even if I something I find boring and, and monotonous and, and routine and mundane, what I'm doing is making a serious contribution to the betterment of the world, to the betterment of the lives of my brothers and sisters. Right. Boy, if we could approach work that way, I, I think that would that would be great. 
And I think as we close, just remembering every stage of our lives. I I think about my mom who just came out of the hospital and all she can do right now is rest. You know, she just has to rest and recover. My grandmother who she said, I'm finally kind of getting tired of this lockdown being kind of stuck in my apartment for the last year. She wants to make cards and hand make and do crafts, you know, but everything that we do, no matter what our physical ability is, Uh, Our mental ability is it's of worth and value because we were created by God. So never to 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 think that I'm less of because I can't do this work by by loving God, by praising the Lord, uh, whatever you do or just be. Maybe it's just to be. Yeah. You know, I think that that you point something out very important and it gets to the heart of this of how we look upon work and the value of people and whether they can quote unquote contribute or not Mm -hmm. anymore. You know, I have to say as my mother aged and and declined in health, she felt bad that I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. She still left to volunteer. She volunteered at Mm -hmm. the hospital uh, back in Michigan. And uh, she felt bad she couldn't do those things anymore. And then she, she began to think, well, you know, what what good am I anymore? What, Well, good heavens, Mother, you know, your prayers, <laughs> <Yes>. your sacrifices, <laughs> embracing the cross of this time now and offering mm-hmm. it for those, for your children, for your grandchildren, for those that she's always praying for people. She would have get people on her prayer list, so to speak, or somebody who was struggling with cancer or somebody who lost a, a loved one. She would always be praying for them, you know, and she'd say, have you... Have you heard anything from so and so? And how is so and so doing? You know, she she had her little routine of every day of prayer and her litany of, of people that she was praying for every day. And there, mom, there's your value. That's your work. Mm-hmm. There's your work now. That's what God is asking you to do now. You can't do these other things anymore. Your body is telling, is limiting you in those things, but. Your soul, your spirit is alive, and and uh, and even when we lose our mental capacities. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't lose our dignity. Yeah. Anyway. Prosper the work of our hands. And during this year of St. Joseph, let's continue to ask for his guidance as we continue to move forward. Would you help us close this time with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, your work families, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Dei Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week and peace be with you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.